Podglomerate original. Before I saw comedy in a comedy club, which was in the early 80s, maybe 1983. That's the voice of Judd Apatow. I used to go to the Westbury Music Fair mm -hmm. on Long Island, which is theater in the rounds. And my grandmother was friends with the comedian Toady Fields. May I just take a minute out to thank you so much. You know, it's a lovely thing to walk out on the stage and see an entire room full. I could kiss you all in the mouths, you know? It's a funny, my feet are killing me. And it's hard to be sexy when your feet are swollen right over the shoes. You think it's easy pushing fat Jewish feet into thin Italian shoes? This is the last pair of Baker shoes I ever buy. That you can be sure of. $900 for a dress, $8.98 for shoes, right kids? So I think from birth, I used to see Toadie Fields, had a sense that she was a comedian, but also knew that my family adored her, like she was the coolest person in the world. And that, I think, had some unconscious effect on me, that the coolest person in the whole world was a strange lady my grandmother was friends with. For my childhood, I would see her, not a lot, but I think when I was a baby, probably more even, uh, they always talked about her bathing me as a child. That was like a family legend, is Toadie bathing me in the sink. Welcome to a special bonus episode of The History of Stand-Up, the show where comedian and professor Wayne Fetterman teaches us all a little bit more about the history of stand-up. And I'm your fellow student, Andrew Steven. This is incredible. Toady Fields gave Judd Apatow a bath. That's, it seems mind-blowing. I mean, he did say it was a legend, but but yes, it's crazy. And I have to say, one of the great joys of doing this podcast with you is discovering relationships that connect stand-ups over generations. We talk about it all the time. This It's all intertwined. Like, if you want to know about Eddie Murphy, just look at Richard Pryor, the guy that influenced him. Or or the great Jerry Seinfeld was influenced by Robert Klein and David Brenner. And obviously, now we're talking about Toadie Fields. And I have a couple things to say about her. Okay. Uh, besides influencing Sandra Bernhardt and Elaine Boozler. Although, interesting, I read once that Sandra Bernhardt said that she adored Toadie Fields, but didn't want to do... That brand of self-deprecating humor, which a lot of the women at that time did the I'm so fat, I'm so ugly kind of stuff. Now, do you know anything about Toadie Fields other than what we spoke about? I mean, yeah, we talked about her when we talked about that Sullivan show in episode one, but, but there's not much I actually know about who she is. Okay, let me tell you something about that generation. There was... There's this generation of comedians from like the mid-century that would not only change their names, they would de-Jew their names because assimilation was sort of the main thing they were going for at that time. So they would add like an I-E or a Y to a first name and then de-Jew their second name. Like it happened all the time. Like Jerome Levitch became Jerry Lewis. Leonard Schneider became Lenny Bruce. Fred Greenfield became Shecky Green. Jacob Cohen became Rodney Dangerfield. 
with a brief stop at Jack Roy. Alan Konigsberg, I hope I'm saying his name right, became Woody Allen. This went on and on, even in Cliff Nesteroff's book. Remember we talked about it? Yeah, the comedians. Exactly. Very good. Look at you. Um, he has a whole great paragraph about all those Jackie, Monty, Maury comedians of that generation. And Toadie, whose real name was Sophie Feldman, became no more Feldman Fields which was still Jewishy, but not quite as Jewish. Uh, then when I was older, I finally went to see her mm -hmm. as a more conscious person at, I think, about 10. And she performed at the Westbury Music Fair after she had her leg amputated. She had diabetes, and she did a comeback tour where they would you know, have her come out in a golf cart and sit her in a chair, right. and then she would just be seated and tear the house down. And talk about losing mm -hmm. her leg, which I look back on and think that that had a big effect on me, the idea that this not conventionally attractive but adorable woman mm -hmm. with one leg was getting standing ovations. What has my mind and my mouth got to do with my body? I am funny because I am funny. What is the size, the structure of my body got to do with the, the way my mind thinks? You can be different and succeed and, and uh, be loved. So Toadie Fields uh, died at age 51 in 1978, but not before she did one of the first HBO Hours which is now we have these Netflix hour specials. She was one of the pioneers of that. And in 1978 was also the year that Mitzi Shore at the Comedy Store opened the Belly Room, which began as a all women's venue for to develop young comedians who were not men. And that's a whole episode in and of itself, maybe. Yeah, that's actually a very good idea. The Belly Room is where Whoopi Goldberg did her very first set of comedy in L.A. There was a lot of great talent that came through there, although some comedians, like Elaine Boozler, wouldn't do sets up there. She resented the segregation. But back to the point I want to make about Toadie Fields and Judd Apatow, who worked with Jim Carrey and then Gary Shanling and Adam Sandler and Amy Schumer. And now he's right now getting ready to direct Pete Davidson. So there's a connection all the way from Toadie Fields to Pete Davidson through Judd. I'm always fascinated by people expressing who they are directly. That, that's And you feel like that's the secret of Great stand-up? I think so. It's just, you know, for the most part, it's just a one-on-one -on -one, uh, expression of how you see the world. And I think as a kid, I didn't understand how the world worked, and I liked that they were people who decoded it for me and said, this is what's funny about it, this is what's sad about it, this is what's bullshit about it. And I leaned on those voices. And I, I think about it, and I, I liked when people opened up to me. I liked the vulnerability of, you know, this is my story. And 
that's the end of this little mini bonus episode today. And I think you have an important announcement, correct? Yeah, this is really exciting. We are announcing season two of the History of Stand-Up. I know we've teased it a little bit, but it's officially happening this summer. And we're going to be taking a look at the rooms and the places and the scenes where stand-up happens. And hear from some of the people who were there. So watch this space and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hist of Standup and get ready for season two of the History of Standup. The History of Standup is hosted, written, and produced by Wayne Fetterman and me, Andrew Steven. The show is also produced by Jeff Umbro and Chris Boniello of The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in the episode is by Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find more about this show, episodes, and extras at thehistoryofstandup.com, at Hist of Standup on Twitter, or on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.